All right, so today's daf is daf Chaf Aleph, page 21 in Meseches Mayed Katan. And we are actually a few lines down already onto the Amud. We're up to the words Dilma Milsa Yeserasa. Um, let's count how many lines we are. We are one, two, three, four, five, six lines from the top of the Amud. All right? The sixth line. The word is Dilma. Now, as we find the place, the let's remind ourselves what sugyo we are in the middle of. So yesterday we ended off by learning that Amemar's son, okay, um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Amemar's son lost his son. So Amemar tore Kriya over the death. And then when his son, who was sitting Shiva, arrived, Amemar tore it again. And then he realized he was sitting, so he stood up and tore it again. So the sugyo we're in the middle of is... How do you know that Kriya needs to be done standing up? Okay. So ultimately what we just proved, the last step of the Gemara was from Eov, that it says, Vayakam Eov Vayikra. Eov actively stood up and he tore Kriya. So we learned from here, from Eov standing up, that a mourner is supposed to stand up at the time of Kriya. So ask the Gemara one second. Maybe Eov was just being, doing something extra. Maybe he was just being strict on himself. He was being machmir. But really in halacha you do not need to stand up. Because if you don't say this, meaning if you don't say it's a chumrah, and instead it's halacha lemaisa, you must stand up. One second. When he says he tore the hair off of his head, are you going to say that you need to do that? No. We see from here that he had a very dramatic type of avilus. So just because Eod stood up, that means for all generations we need to stand up. He was a dramatic mourner. Maybe we could sit down. So the Gemara agrees. The Gemara says, you're right, there's no proof from Eod standing up that we need to stand up at the time of Kriya. Rather, the source for standing at the time of Kriya is from the following Pasuk. This is talking about David HaMelech. When David HaMelech heard that Avshalim, his wicked son Avshalim, had killed out some of the other family members, including David HaMelech's children, David HaMelech got up and he tore Kriya. So you see, they got to tear Kriya standing. Says Gemara, same question as we said by Eid. Maybe David HaMelech had a dramatic Type of uh, Kriya. Because if you don't say that, when it said he laid on the ground, you're going to say that he was obligated, that a mourner is obligated to lay on the ground at a time of mourning like David Amalek? No, you don't need to do that. We learned explicitly in the Brisa. You're let to sleep on a bed, on top of a, on a chair. Um, as long as. Um, or on top of a. Now, Odiane. Is a is more of a firmer type of bench or a stone, perhaps. Um, and and the most uncomfortable places to be on the ground. If you delay that, you do not fulfill your chiyuv. What it means is that what do you mean you didn't fulfill your chiyuv? You slept on the floor, yeah, but you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of turning over your bed. What the, we know that in Avel, as we learned previously, they would turn over their bed to make their beds uncomfortable. So that's the action you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to go and do anything beyond that as far as halacha is concerned. So what we, the Gemara is just proving from this 
that David HaMelech, when he laid down on the ground, obviously was going above and beyond what needed to do, what, what a regular mourner needs to do. So perhaps when he stood up, he was also going above and beyond what a mourner needs to do. And for us nowadays, you do not need to stand at the time of Kriya. Amar they said back to him, no, it means ke'ein arza. doesn't mean David HaMelech slept on the floor, rather he laid on a turned over bed the same as if he was sleeping on the floor, meaning he made it uncomfortable. Okay, bottom line is, do we have a source that a person needs to stand up at the time of Kriya? No, there's no source from Eiv, there's no source from David HaMelech, period. Okay, Gavaldik. End of that discussion. Tanu Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. The following things are, is forbidden for a mourner to do. Listen to this. What are you not allowed to do during Shiva? You're not allowed to go to work. Wash your body. Smear your body with oil. Tashmishamita, marital relations, Nilasa Sandal, wearing leather shoes. Vasa Likras Patayra Navian Muksuvim. You're not allowed to learn Tyra Navia Mengsuvim because reading learning these things brings joy. Velishnais Bemishnah learn Mishnais, Bemajish or Majrashim, Balakis, Allah's Zuntai, Uva Shas, Uba Godis, or Gemara or Agoda. Vima Yurabim Trihim Lai Ainanimna. However, if you're a big lecturer, you're a big teacher, the Rabbim needs you for their taira, and they're going to lose out on their taira if you stop during shiva. Then enoi nimna. He he himself should should not stop from going and giving the whatever halachas they need him to give. You are permitted to go teach Torah under that circumstance. Umaisa, and there was a story. Umais benayish Rabbi Yaisi b'tzipari. Rabbi Yaisi Nebuch unfortunately lost his child, lost his son. In Tzipari, v'nichnas the base medrash, and he that day he went into the base medrash v'darash koliyam kulei, and he darshan the whole day, meaning he taught them whatever Torah they needed to hear from him. There's another message in here as well, right? The, besides four, that if the rabbim needs a person, you're allowed to go teach Torah. You see, the the abilities of Rabbi Yaisi, they say that they say it's it's said out there, you know. Uh, I don't know everybody's personal stories, but one of the one of the you know one of the things out there is that burying a child is the most difficult loss that a person can endure. And there's sources for this in the Torah. There's sources for this in the Torah where you know all of the shvatim couldn't you know they say there's an expression, but this actually stems from Torah. And and we saw this by my own parents. We would all quip: thirteen children can't take care of one parent, but one parent could take care of thirteen children, right? You could have all the children, like everybody's trying to help. Ultimately, we're not doing, you know, there, there's, there's uh, more that uh, needs to be done. So Rabbi lost a child. And during the Shiva, he's able to compartmentalize his mind, his emotions, and walk into, a, walk into his yeshiva and teach Torah the entire day because they needed him. Rabbi Barbachana Isru Bey Mosa. Also, Rabbi Barbachana, something happened to him. Gemara does want to say it straight out, but it means he was he was mourning. Savar lepirka. So he thought that he's not going to go give the pirka, meaning he's not going to go give his usual shear. told him, If the rabbim needs you, you should not refrain. So uh, 
um, even though Rabbi Rakhana was going to, see, he was going to yeshiva. So he thought to set up an Amaira. An Amaira is a speaker on his behalf, his local microphone, the interpreter, okay? The person who sits at his side during the shear and speaks out loud to make sure everybody can hear. So Amrali Rav, Rav says, no, 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 Tanya Bavajli Yamit Torgaman. Rav says like this He tells Rabbi Babrachana, you're supposed to go to Yeshiva to teach Torah, but it should be a little different. You should not have your usual structure. You should not have your usual setup. The Elahichi of it. So, what do you want him to do? He needs his he needs his microphone over there. So the Gemara says, Ki Tanya, like we learned in the following. Brisa Maisa Umeis Benayish Rabbi Yehuda Barilai. Rabbi Yehuda Barilai lost his son. Vinichnas the base medrash, and he came to Yeshiva. He walked into the base medrash. Vinichnas Rabbi Chanani Ben Akav Yosha Ben Tidai. Rabbi Hananiah, the son of Akavya, walked in and sat next to him. The Lachash, who, the Rabbi Hananiah ben Akasha, and Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Loi, whispered, Yochanan ben Akasha, Yochanan ben Akasha, the Torgaman, Yochanan ben Akasha said to the Torgaman, the Torgaman Ishmiah, the Rabbim, and the Torgaman said it to the Rabbim. You hear? So they figured it out. The question was, what was the Gemara's question? One second. If I'm not allowed to have my microphone, all the students in back of the room aren't going to be able to hear. Very nice we have a halacha, that something has to change if you're going to go give your shir, if you're going to go give your class, but people aren't going to be able to hear. So the Gemara says, so what do you do? What you do is, instead of the Rebbe speaking directly to his microphone, to his interpreter, the Rebbe should tell somebody else, and that other person tells it to the interpreter or microphone, and then he'll say it out loud. This way, everybody gets to hear Tyra, everybody will be able to hear, but there's still a change in the usual structure of the class, so it's noticeable that there is mourning happening over here. Okay? Fine. Tana Rabbana. The rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Avel, In Avel, during the first three days of his shiva, is not allowed to wear tefillin. All right. Now we know this is not a lacha lemaisa. This is not bread lacha. Follow along. We're going to get to lacha lemaisa on today's daf over here. So in Avel during the first three days, which as we explained yesterday, the first, even though shiva is one package, the first three days of that shiva has more extreme grief involved. It's like a higher level. So you don't wear tefillin. We'll see why. What tefillin has to do with sitting shiva? Mishli shiva elach from the third day. And onwards, Ushlishi Bakhlal, including day three. Okay, meaning three, four, five, six, seven, Mutulaniachtfilin. You're allowed to wear tfilin. So this is Gishmak, right? The Gemara, the, the this Bryce is being specific. Doesn't want to run into Shalom Bayez problems about, you know, until the third. Does until the third mean including the third or not? So when we said three days, you don't, it means until the third day. The third day you actually do wear tfilin. Okay. And also, on the days that you wear tefillin, if new people come to be Menachem Avil, he leaves his tefillin on. This is the opinion of Rebbe Eliezer. Let's pause here for a moment. Let's pause. You know, there's, by Sheva Brachas, we have this concept. Anybody who's ever arranged the Sheva Brachas, You've probably heard of the expression, is there panim chadashos? Are there new faces so we can make the shavarachas? You need another face there to add to the simcha. Here's something that's so fascinating, and any, anybody who's ever um, 
been in a situation where we've sat Shiva, we know so many people just come out of the woodwork that either with a phone call, with an email, they show up and we haven't seen them in decades. People just show up. And when they show up, there's a part of our life which included the nifter, the one who passed, that is being revisited. It's like, oh, it's like somebody was like, wow, that person walked in, like a new face. Like, oh, you're, you know, we were neighbors in the 60s, you know, for four years. We were neighbors in the 60s. And I remember your father, and I remember your brother, and I, right? When upon him Chadashas comes, there's like a renewed energy of loss. So that's what Rabbi Eliezer is starting to wake us up to. Even if a new person walks in on day three, four, five, six, or seven, still you wear it filling. It's not like you're restarting your whole Avelus and you're going back to that initial grief. Okay? That's his Chiddush over here. Rabbi Yeshua, Aymer, Rabbi Yeshua says, Avel for the first two days doesn't work. Tefillin, but the second day, okay, so I mean only day number one you don't work Tefillin, which is how we paskin, but the second day, that's when you start wearing Tefillin. And he holds that if new people come during day two through seven, you do take off your Tefillin. Okay. Amar of Masna. Ravah says, okay, what's this whole conversation? What's with the tefillin? You know, other mitzvahs you need to do. What's with the tefillin? And what's this whole thing about one day uh, you, you don't wear tefillin after that you do? Or two days you don't wear tefillin after you do? My time to Rebbe What's the reason for Rebbe Lezer's opinion? It says in the Pesach in Devarim, you may bechi evel Maisha. And the word you may, the Klai Yisrael was mourning until, they had days of mourning. Now days at minimum is going to be two. So you, they cried over Maishra Rabbeinu. So you see, you need at least two days of mourning. Meaning, we know there's more. But the initial loss, that strong grief, lasts for days. So it's going to be two, and now you're going to start wearing tefillin, where you have the pe'er, you can now go ahead and put on the crown again. Amar Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu says, my time to be sure. What's the reason for Rabbi Yehoshua, now remember Rabbi Yehoshua argued, he says only on the first day you don't wear tefillin. Because it says, It's going to be a day of mourning, it's going to end like a bitter day. So you see the main mar, the main, like marar, the main bitterness only, only exists for one day. Okay, so one has a verse about telling me two days as grief, the other one has a, a verse opposed to telling me only one day has grief. Okay. Now, what's the Gemara going to do in classic fashion? We got two verses contradicting each other. So we're going to want to know, why did one, uh, why did one choose one Pasuk and the other one choose another Pasuk? Yeah, what do they have wrong with the other one's source? Rabbi Shua as well. Rabbi Shua holds only one day. What does he do with Rabbi Yezer's Pasuk telling me that there were two days for Maisha Rabbeinu? Amar Lach, he'll say to you, Shiny Maisha. Maisha is different. The Kok of Avlai. You know who Maisha Rabbeinu was. Yeah, you know who Maisha Rabbeinu was? So for somebody of the stature of Maisha Rabbeinu, ah, that'll last two days. But for everybody else, it's a one day event. Rabbi Eliezer Nami Hoksiv Achrisukemar. Rabbi Eliezer, who says that it's two days of mourning, because you see by Moshe, what, um, what does he do with Rabbi Yeshua's verse of there was one day of bitterness? 
He says, He says, I agree that bitterness lasts a total of one day. But gr- the initial grief still lasts for two days, and that's because of my Pasuk. In other words, he says, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying that the word bitterness is not what wearing tefillin is dependent on. Okay? It's more dependent on my Pasuk, from Maishu Rabbeinu, the grief, the wailing over Maishu Rabbeinu, and therefore I'm sticking with my Pasuk. Amar Ula, Ula says, Halacha, Krebeliezer, Bechalitza. The Halacha is like Rebeliezer about taking the tefillin off, okay? Meaning, we said previously a logic that if new people come, we don't, we don't start taking our tefillin off again. That logic is true, says Ula, okay? However, the Halacha follows Rebbe Yeshua about Hanacha, which is that you only do not wear your tefillin on day number one, but you do wear your tefillin on day number two, and this is Taka the Halacha. Okay, Iboilu. So we asked a Shiloh. We asked a question searching for information, trying to understand Ula. What does Ula say about the second day? Tashma, because the Gemara, we, we know it means until the second day. What does it say? You take it off, put it back on, even even a hundred times. Okay? Meaning, on the first day, if you have new people show up, so then you went back to your original status, and now you got to put your tefillin on, off again, and then you're going to be, it's going to be uh, a jack-in-the-box. Yeah? Jack-in-the-box. Boop, 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 uh, up and down, up and down. He ta- he p- he'll put it on and take it off even up to a hundred times. Rav Amarav says no. Once you put on tefillin, um, uh, once you once you put on tefillin during Avelos, whatever day it is, you don't take them back off even if another person comes to you. Says the Gemara, how can Rav say you don't take it off? It was Rav himself who says, Allah is like Artana who says that you that you the initial grief Lasts for three days, and therefore, according to Rava, why is he coming and paskening like Rabbi, uh, like Rabbi Yeshua over here? He actually holds that the grief lasts even longer, and he won't wear tefillin uh, up until the third day. So Gemara says mitzvah shiny. When he'll, he'll agree that when it comes to tefillin, will allow tefillin to be put on uh, on day number two. It's the other halachas that he that he'll say you wait till day number three to start keeping. Period. End of that conversation. Okay. Now, the Gemara is going to go ahead and get into a fascinating brisa with the assumption, with the assumption, this is a premise, that at this point we still don't fully grasp why within Shiva, three days in particular, is more severe than the rest of Shiva. Which is interesting, okay? It's interesting because we brought psukim, Maishu Rabbeinu, two days, yeah? That it lasts for one days. The Gemara is going to get into this initial three days. Where do we find practically, now that we have these psukim, where do we find a way for us to show that there's elevated grief on the first, uh, the you know, on the first three days, as opposed to the rest. So here we go. 
Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so shall we. In Avalon, the first three days of Avelos, he's not allowed to do any work. <clears throat> Even if he's a shnar, somebody goes around collecting money, and he's dependent on collecting money. That's your business now. You cannot do that. If that's how you earn a livelihood, there's no going around. But after the first three days, Isa Bitsina He's allowed to work privately uh, inside his home. You got to make sure that he's uh, he's taken care of. It. He still can't go out, even if he's a, a pauper, a schnarr, a poor person. He's not allowed to go out and start schnarring publicly. But he, if somebody walks in and visits him. He could say, you know, can we step to the back room? I have a little pitch to make to you. Right? That's how we. That's how he's getting by. But it's got to be done b'tzina. Vaisha and a woman taiva befelech b'saych besa. She's taiva befelech. Okay, what does it mean? It means she's allowed to sew. She's allowed to uh, uh, crochet. Yeah, crochet. I think my mother used to do that. Um, right? She could uh, do these things for sale that she'll need to sell while she's sitting inside of her house. Okay. Ton rabbana and the rabbis. And that's why the rabbis during the first three days. A mourner is not allowed to greet anybody. For the rest of the shiva, if somebody else says hello, you're allowed to respond. But you can't initially say hello. And after shiva, you could say hello, and you could initiate it, you could respond in the usual way. Now we said the first three days, you're not allowed to initiate a greeting. Listen to this. I think you skipped. I did? Yeah, I think. All right, let's tell me I skipped. One second. One second. All right, just go for that Rebbe. So yeah, we did skip. Let's go back. If anybody got lost, don't be so... Uh, everybody's too, too nice. You waited a few lines too too long over here. You got to stop me right away. All right, back to the last word on line number four. Let's go. Tough race. Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis learned and so should we. Fascinating. Listen to this. In Avel, it's a good thing you caught me on this because we, we got to learn this. What happens if somebody's sitting Shiva and they hear that somebody else is sitting Shiva and they want to go comfort that other mourner? You hear this? Unfortunately, this is not uncommon. I mean, it's uncommon, but it's not unheard of in our times where... Only in the past few years, Klal Yisrael has seen a number of events where a lot of Yidin were lost the same, at the same time. Okay? Without, without getting too specific over here. So what happens if one family wants to go comfort another family, but you're still in the middle of Shiva? Okay? So what's the, what do we do then? So he says, Ein you're not allowed to leave your house during the first three days to go to somebody else's base avil. Mikan ve'elich. But after the first three days of Shiva, ha'elich, you could go. However, ve'ena yoyshev b'mokam ha'menachemim. You cannot sit where, the, where those coming to comfort sit. You can't sit on the high chairs for all the visitors. Elamokam ha'mesnachemim. You sit with the mourners in that house because you have to show that you're also in Avelis. Fascinating. I believe I've heard stories that after Meiron, people did this. Am I correct? Anybody else hear that? that there were families that, that lost uh, siblings or children, 
And the stories came out afterwards where during their own shiva, they went to comfort the other families and, and to show, I'm with you in your pain. Okay. Tanu Rabbanon. All right, this is the b'risa that we jump to. Tanu Rabbanon. Rabbis learned, so shall we. In Ovel, during the first three days, not let it greet other people. Day three to day seven. Oh, you let her respond, you can't initiate. After Shiva, you can initiate and respond. Says the Gemara. Okay, let's go through this. On the first days, you not let initiate a greeting. Is that true? We learned in Ebrisa. This is where I was about to say, listen to this story. All right, listen to the story of Rabbi Akiva. Listen to his beautiful midos and his self-control and the way that he always thought about somebody else. Never got caught up in his own mind without noticing. One of Rabbi Akiva's sons died. All the Klaisal came, and it was a large Leviah. There was a big eulogy. Bishas Pitirasan. And when this huge crowd was leaving his son's funeral, Ahmad Rabbi Akiva Safso Gadol. Rabbi Akiva stood up on a large bench. Viyamar and he said, Achenu Beis Yisrael, my beloved Yiddish brothers, Shimu, listen to me. Afilu shnei bonim chasanim menuchamu b'shvil kavod shasisem. Even if I would have lost two married children who left behind the family with all the you people showing up, I appreciate each and every one of you. I would have been comforted by that. Then b'shvil akiva basem. And if you came because of me, harei kama akiva b'shuk. You you didn't come for me. There's a lot of Akivas in the marketplace like me. That's not why you came. Elakach amartem. But you know why there's a crowd? Because you said, Tairas elaykov belibay. It's because you trust me as your Rav. You trust me as your Rebbe. And therefore, you respect what I represent. And therefore, why are you showing up? To honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To honor God and to honor His Torah. The Koshkein Shishchartem Kofel. And if that's why you came, your reward is even more, it's even doubled. L'chul v'techem l'sholem. Go home in peace. Yeah? The power of Rabbi Akiva at his son's funeral, right after the burial, everybody's leaving. And instead of sitting there and being focusing on his own mind to turn to everybody who shows up and he says, I mamish appreciate you. So, but what's, what do you see from here? What did Rabbi Akiva say to everybody? He said, everybody listen up. Go, have, you should be gezunt, take a bench. He's, he's initiating a greeting to the masses. Why is he allowed to give a whole, uh, a whole thank you over there? Says the Gemara, covered Rabbim Shani. To give respect to the public is different and that could be done at any time. But to give, initiate a greeting to an individual, that's what is not allowed. I don't know this whole story. I, I came up, somebody was telling me about it. I, I heard like bits and pieces, but apparently Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky is what Rebetzin was just nifter. There was a whole story. Like somebody want, didn't realize and he accompanied him in the car. Anybody know the story? You heard it? Go ahead, Rebbe Rebetzin, go ahead. It was two weeks ago. Up, yeah. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, go there ahead. Was someone, so, someone, 
who set up a uh, a meeting with him a couple weeks in advance and the man showed up didn't know what was going on and Rishmuel said came to the door and said I have to go see someone in the hospital I can meet with you if you can take me to the hospital and so he went and then he said you can wait for me and we can continue talking or you can leave so he decided the guy said I'll wait so Rishmuel went up for an hour an hour and a half came down and got back in the car and said thank you so much for waiting I had to tell my wife goodbye well well I know what those were exact words but that was that's the story yeah yeah well okay Gavaldik. we got work to do from day from the third day until the seventh day you're allowed to respond but you're still not allowed to initiate a greeting Afterwards, after Shiva, then you can initiate a greeting and respond. Says the Gemara, is that true? Okay? Is that true? That once you finish Shiva, all of a sudden, you could, there, there's no restrictions anymore. Vramin will ask you a contradiction. A person who finds his friend who is an Avel, who is a mourner. During Shleishim, you should give him Words of comfort. Right? By the way, one of the reasons why these words are comforting is because we know that Zion and Yerushalayim can be rebuilt any moment. And we're telling the mourners, so too with your loss. You should be Zaycha that you should know. There's going to come a day where you're going to be reconnected with the person you just lost. That's the uh, that's how some people explain how those words bring comfort. Because the same way we're confident that Zion is gonna is gonna come back to us, so too we're confident that Tchias Amesim. So even though we say but we do not we do not ask him how he's doing. But after then you greet him and you don't say Amakim anymore. Mesa What about if if uh, this guy's wife had passed away, and he remarried, okay, so he lost, he lost the spouse, but he's already remarried during Shleishim, he's not allowed to go into his house to talk about the loss of his wife, it has to be kept uh, completely separate, if he meets him outside, then you should say, you should offer him words of comfort, in a very, we'll call it a a, uh, a sincere way, but n- not like it's a whole to do, you know, quietly. Still, I hate. Why? Because he's remarried now, and it's not respectful to his new wife to keep focusing on the wife that's not there anymore. Which, by the way, there's if anybody ever uh, remarries somebody else, there's a lot of things that a person has to know about how to make a very clear uh, separation. Between, uh, between the two marriages. But be it as it may, what do you see from here? Before this Brisa, before this Vramino, we said after, Shleish, after Shiva, there's no restrictions. But over here you see that even during Shleishim, you need to be careful. You can't, the, the Avil can't just go around saying, hello, how you doing? You can't do that, right? Amar Avidi Baravan, Avidi Baravan says, Here's what, here's what, here's the halacha. The mourner himself is allowed to greet others because they're not mourning. 
However, after Shiva, during Shleishim, other people shouldn't greet him, because he's still not calm. He's still not complete. He's still not at peace. And therefore, says the Gemara like this, after Shiva, there's no restrictions on his greeting, on him greeting others. But until Shleishim, there's restrictions on others greeting him. Says the Gemara, that can't be the explanation. One second. It's not what we said in the Brysa. Since the Brysa says you're allowed to respond, you give back, you respond to the conversation. That's If you're allowed to respond, that means that other people are allowed to ask. Says the Gemara, no, it doesn't mean they're allowed to ask. You know what it means? They didn't know. They didn't know the halacha, or they didn't know that, uh, that he's in Shleishim or whatever. So if somebody doesn't know and they do greet him, so then he's allowed to respond. Says the Gemara, one second, if we're dealing with a situation where people don't know, So even uh, if people don't know, see, even during Shiva, yeah, we should, uh, we should have the same halacha. Why do we say you're allowed to respond only after the first three days? It should apply always. No. Listen to this. During the first, first three days of Shiva, if somebody says hello, you should say, by the way, I'm in mourning. I'm in mourning. I'm not allowed to respond to a greeting. But hacha, uh, um, over here, once you finish the first three days of Shiva and somebody greets, you don't need to let them know that it was forbidden and you say, Aleichem Shalom. You just, uh, you say, you know, you, you give them a hello back. Okay, fine. So now what we've just done is as follows. We had a brysa. I'm going to go back two brises. The first brysa said, there's a whole category of the first three days of Shiva, after the first three days of Shiva, but once Shiva's over, you're good to go. Then we brought a brysa, which says, during Shiva, there's restrictions and greeting and responding. To Shleishim, it makes a difference. Yeah? He could greet others. Others can't greet him. But after that, it seems to imply there's no restrictions. Okay? So we had a Bryce telling us that after Shiva, you seem to be okay. We had to answer that. Now we have a Bryce telling us after Shleishim, it seems to be no longer any restrictions. And now we're going to question that as well. Let's get into this. We're going to get into the 12 months of mourning and see whether... It's taka true that after 38 days, after Shleishim, you're allowed to start greeting, uh, you're allowed to start greeting everybody else. Says the Gemara of Raminu, I'll ask you a contradiction on the halacha we just said. Say, the Bryce states, say as avel, a person who finds his friend who is a mourner. He's still within the first year. You say, But, and you don't greet him. During the first 12 months, you don't say hello. But once a year passes, 12 months pass, then you could greet him, and there's no hamakim inachim. You don't say hamakim inachim, ask him, but you can say, you know, I heard you lost your father three years ago. And sometimes, right, it's sometimes you ask somebody very innocently, how your parents doing? They say, I lost my father two years ago. You ask about a sibling, you lost that, right? It's not a, it's, you know, and sorry for the loss, right? But if you don't know, you don't know, okay? So is it appropriate to say, Says the Gemara, no. 
Not if it says the price, not if it's after a year. However, it's appropriate to have conversation about the loss. Okay? You speak to him from the tzad, from the side. Okay? Okay. You find somebody who's already passed his 12 months and you speak words of comfort. If you walk over to somebody, he lost a, he lost a, a, a loved one five years before. And you say, What's that like? Like somebody who broke his foot, it got better. A doctor comes to him and says, Oh, Kochatzli, come to me, Shani I'll break your foot again, and then I'll heal you. So that you should know, yeah, I got the best office out there. The guy's already healed. Okay? And therefore, it's inappropriate to say, after 12 months, a person begins to forget the pain. When we say forget the mace, you know, Chazal teaches forget after 12 months, right? Doesn't mean you forget the person. We all, anybody who's ever lost somebody, you don't even forget the person. But what does it mean you forget? You for, the, the, the pain is, wears off of the initial loss. Now we could come back. You could, there's times you certainly want to pick up the phone and call, uh, you know, and, you know, call your Rebbe, call your whoever you know, is not around anymore. There's times you have that. But during 12 months, that initial pain is gone. But what's the question? Let's, let's pause for a moment. Why are we quoting this Brysa? Because in the previous Brysa we said, once you finish 30 days, there's no restrictions. Here you see, it's not about 30 days, it's about 12 months. Answer the Gemara, like Kasha, there's no question. Good answer. Does a person sit Shiva for a year on their sibling, on their child, on their spouse? No, it's 30 days. But for a parent, it's a year. So the Gemara answers, when do we say that there's restrictions on greeting for a year? That's when somebody lost their father and mother. The first brisa, which we said that there's no restrictions after 30 days, is talking about when a person loses their brother, sister, um, son, daughter, or wife. Ask the Gemara. Yeah. Over there, when a person loses the other five relatives, so uh, when you greet somebody after Shleishim, it's now three months later, you should give words of Tanchumen from the side, meaning very, you know, very quietly. But why do we say you don't give him any sort of nechama? We should say, instead of saying don't give him any sort of nechama, we should say if you see somebody who lost his wife, you know, uh, or a wife that lost a husband, you don't tell her five months later nothing. You should say words of, words of comfort. So Gemara says you're right. That is true. That's true. What did we mean in the Brisa which stated not to offer any words of comfort? What does that mean? Kidarkai, you don't offer words of comfort in the usual manner of or of that sort. Even if it's not that exact words, but in the usual way. But you certainly should speak It's not appropriate to ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen and pretend like this person's still not feeling some sort of loss. Okay, so that was Gishmak. Okay, what we just did for a majority of this Amud is really go through the parameters of Shiva, the parameters of Shloshim, and the parameters of Yud Beis Chodesh, the 12 months. Okay. Next, Bryce. Five lines from the bottom of Chafal of Amud Beis. Tanu Rabban of the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Avo Shlesh Yom Reishanim and Novel, a mourner. During the first three days. Ka'ba mi makam karayv maina imahem. All right. 
See, here's what happens. Rashi explains like this. You have somebody who lost a close relative and trying to remember who this was with. One of my grandparents, I believe, or great-grandparents. They had, this, is, this was not an uncommon story. Where people were away in Europe. They were away living in a different town and they would get a telegram that your, your parents not well. You should come visit. And they come back and the, their relative had already passed away and the family's already sitting Shiva by the time the person shows up. That's the case, okay? So an Avel shows up within three days of everybody else starting their Shiva. All right? So Bami Makum Karev, if he came from a place that was Karev, okay? What does it mean a place that was Karev, that was Karev? He was, the, the, the travel time was one day travel. So then the halacha is, he counts his shiva together with them. Meaning, he started his shiva later, but he's going he's to like latch on to their shiva. He's going to have the same shiva period as they do. However, if he comes from a makam rachik, he was further than it takes to travel for, you know, he was further away than a, than a day's travel. So then what do you do? So he's got to do his own shiva. He starts his own shiva now and he's going to end on his own, on his own terms. And let's say he comes and it's more than three days after the burial. So then no matter what, you, you could have been within a day's journey, but your family's up to the fourth day of Shiva. The burial was four days ago. You need to start Shiva on your own and you cannot latch on to their counting of Shiva. Reb Shimon says, Even if he shows up on the final day, on the last day, if he was nearby throughout the Shiva, okay, as long as they're still sitting Shiva, his Shiva counts with them. That is the Brisa. Now, the Gemara is going to start explaining. Amar Mar, the Tana taught us. This Brisa just stated. If he comes in the first three days, from a nearby place, he latches on to their seven day count. Okay? This is only true if the senior person sitting Shiva is still there, is in the house. So let's say, I'll give you my scenario. Okay, and now this is not, well, I'm not saying this, but according to this statement, if let's say you have a family of 13 people sitting Shiva, the Bukhar of the family is there, and the baby comes along on day seven. It's like, guys, I just heard the news. So as long as the anchor of the family is still there, then the, the you know, the, we'll call it, it's not really, the proper word here is not younger ones, but the ones that have less responsibilities in the household, then they can latch on to that shiva no matter what. Okay? So now, that's the statement of Rav Chiyo Baraba Om Rav Now the Gemara says, to end off today's daf, they asked a question searching for information, and we're going to end with this question. 
Holach Godol Habayis Lebeis If let's say the leader of the house went to the Beis Hakvaris to bury the person, okay? Mahu, what is the halacha? This shaila is for the following case. You have a family in United States and the oldest member of the home who's going to be sitting Shiva travels with the coffin to Eretz Yisrael for burial. So he's not there to establish when the Shiva starts. Mahu, what's the halacha? Okay? When he comes back and the rest of the family is sitting Shiva, when does his Shiva start? And we're going to see, does he come within the first three days? Is he coming back after the first three days? But he's the one who's really anchoring this whole thing. So what's going to happen in his scenario? That's the Shiloh that we, that we have currently. We're going to hold it here. Bez Hashem, we'll pick up again from this question tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.